Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 266, and across from me is Matt Drury. Across from me is Tim Chelswick. And we're powered by DeerCast. That's right. All the time. And <laughs> so settle in, guys, because our guest this week has a, a, an introduction that's going to take a minute. That's right. We get. I mean, it's a laundry list. This thing that like, get you just start checking boxes. He's lived a full a, more, a life that's more full. A few lifetimes <laughs> in the short period he's had here than ours combined. It's crazy how busy it he makes is. Makes me feel like a lazy guy. Okay, so so here's here's just a thumbnail. He served our country for over 17 years in the military, Army Airborne Ranger, 80, 80 deuce on the loose. Recently inducted into the U.S. Field Artillery Hall of Fame. He's a member of the Grand Ole Opry, which kills me. That's so awesome. Uh, 18 top 20 hits. He's an ambassador for Operation Finally Home. The founder of the Dixon County uh, Craig Morgan Foundation. That's a little tease. He stars on Beyond the Edge, the reality adventure show on CBS. Um, he is owner-operator of Craig Morgan's Alaskan Off-Grid Experience. He's got a new book coming out in September, God, Family, Country, a memoir. He's also the vice president of the Redneck Yacht Club. Obviously, Bob is the president. <laughs> take a take a drink, Tim. <laughs> Craig, what's up, man? Man, it's great to see y'all. Do you ever get tired listening to all those? Does it make you tired when you hear it read off like that? Uh, you won't believe this, but I usually don't hear that. Uh, and it's so funny, you guys, because I've done, I've done so much. And to, to, to your note saying that I've lived more lives than both. That's because I'm about twice as old as both of you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes, man, you're so busy and wrapped up in doing everything that I, that you do. I know I am, that you don't even realize what you've accomplished, you know, until you hear somebody that minutes. I got to tell you, it's very, very humbling. Uh, I am just so grateful uh, for what God has given me and how he's blessed me in my life. Uh, in spite of hardships, he's always been mm -hmm. there. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of neat if you want the truth. I'm not going, I'm not going to lie and, and, and say anything other than it's very, it's very humbling and very honoring. Uh, I feel honored to have been able to do the, a lot of the stuff I've got to do. You always hear about, you know, you know, we're friends and lucky to be friends with, uh, you know, some of the great ball players and, and you always hear these guys say they're not. They don't think about the records that they're chasing, whether it's Jim Tomey or Adam Wainwright. They don't think about it when they're playing. They always say, hey, when I'm retired and when you know I'm sitting on the beach or whatever with my wife, I'm going to sit back and, and think back about the accolades. Is that kind of the mentality is like, go, go, go. And then there will be time somewhere down the road to sit and reflect and think about all these things. No. <laughs> no stop, right? <laughs> I'm running straight to the grave, bro. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I probably, I, I will tell you, having done as much as I've done in my life, this right here was the game changer, <clears throat> game changer for me. Writing a book, you guys, that's what really did it. It's what made me go, you know, holy cow. I mean, freaking all the stuff I've done, again, as I said earlier, um, while you're doing it, you're not thinking a whole lot about it. You're mm -hmm. just doing it. I'm just living. I've never had a bucket list i never had a list and said hey these are the things i want to do in my life and went mm -hmm. and did it i just did stuff 
Uh, and every time something great would happen, I'd be like, holy cow, what an amazing blessing. And I think that's been to my benefit because I think if you set, uh, if you have certain things that you wish to attain and you don't attain them, it can lead to a place that you don't want to be. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, man, I'm never accomplishing nothing. I'm not doing anything I want to do. I never did that. Uh, my biggest thing, I have one goal in life. Uh, and that is to work as hard as I can at whatever it is I'm working at and be as fair, honest, and kind and loving to everyone around me. I truly mean this with every fiber that's in my body. I want everyone that's around me to be successful because all it does is make me more successful and it mm -hmm. provides more for my family. I want them to be successful. I want to inspire and motivate people uh, through my life. And so whether it be music, the outdoors, acting, Whatever it is, I, I just want to do that to the best of my ability in a way that it inspires and motivates other people to be the best them they can be. So and I, I know that Christ is very important to you and following after him. Is it is it hard in the entertainment industry, though? Like it just seems like a, an environment that's not typically friendly to that perspective. <laughs> not. Yeah, it's the opposite. That's the <laughs> devil out there, boy. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, yeah, it's a, you can easily uh, allow, um, you can allow yourself to fall into a place that it's hard to get out of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, doing bad things, uh, or, or doing things that are wrong when you're not doing them, it's easier to avoid when you do it, it's harder to not do it again. Uh, that's why we have these people in these the, people that become addicts, you know, they yeah. weren't an addict before they used. They weren't an, uh, an alcoholic before they started drinking. It's not until they started doing it, and then they did it more and more. It's easier to do it once you've started. So it's hard to avoid the temptation sometimes, but I'm very fortunate, uh, which is why I don't read and listen to all the stuff said about me, y'all. Mm, yeah. uh, I mean, because, you know, I think if you listen to that, good or bad, you can, again, allow yourself to go to a place that you probably don't want to. I just do my job, work as hard as I can, uh, live in love while I'm while I'm here, and uh you know, I, I tell people all the time, I tell my kids, I tell my band, um, I, I used to say, I don't care what people think about me. And I've changed that statement because I do care. Mm -hmm. I think we all care. It's in our human nature. Yeah. Uh, we desire the approval of, of society and people in general. Now, I desire that approval and I work hard uh, in caring what other people think about me, but I only care to the degree that I can affect it. Mm. Uh, and so if I tell you or I show you what I'm doing and you still don't like me or you say something negative about me, well, that, that's not on me. I've done everything I can to try to do the right thing and, and hope for the best. So if you want to talk trash about me, hey, man, good luck. Have fun. It don't bother me. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't. And, and again, because a lot of that, I think if someone sits down and reads every message, you know, I have 1.3 million followers on Facebook. If I read every message from every post. I'd probably be out of my mind. I do good just to make a post. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Terry. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, having said all that, I do want to inspire. So I do realize that uh, it's important for me to know some of that to some degree. Mm -hmm. But again, I only allow it. I don't allow it to affect me beyond what it is that I can have impact on. Sure. Yeah. So, so when you sit down to write this book, you know, and I, and I'm sure that it's, it's not by mistake, the order in which the title is. So do you sit down and as you kind of figure out the chapters, 
you know, what's the approach in trying to look back at your life and put it all into one piece there? What's something that somebody's going to take a message and try to better their lives from reading it? Uh, well, the fact that it's a memoir makes it a little easier. And, and probably the greatest uh, 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 attribute to this book is Jim DeFleece, my co-writer. <laughs> Jim has written tons of New York Times bestsellers. Uh, he's written books that have turned into movies. He wrote American Sniper. Uh, just a really smart, sharp guy. And I, I met and talked with some other writers, but after spending a little time with Jim, I realized he was the only guy that would, as a writer, as a book writer, who could truly cap, capture my voice in the story. Hmm. And, and I knew that after we started talking uh, and spent some time. So what we did, we just sat down and we, he just kind of said, hey, tell me who you are. Let's talk about this. So we started at the beginning. You know, from the fact that to, from I was born in Tennessee and right up to Beyond the Edge uh, with CBS. And we talked about everything in between. And one of the cool things that I got to do in this uh, that helped with this was as we came across a, a specific story, if there was someone else involved in that story, for example, my wife, my children, my military buddies, my band, we sat down with them and allowed them to share their perspective of the same story. So I felt like we got a much clearer picture of the events had it not been for me, had I not been telling it all by myself. Mm, sure. Uh, Craig, I'm curious if you learned anything about yourself in this kind of reflection process of doing the book. Uh, yeah, there was a story when I was in Panama in 1989. I don't even know if this was in the book. One of my buddies that I was with said, do you remember the morning your Jeep got stolen? And I'm like, what? no. Uh, and he said, yeah, your Jeep got stolen. You've seen him driving off and you come and grabbed me. He was one of my, my junior NCOs. And I said, come with me now. And we took off running and we hopped in a cab. We took over the cab. He said, I jumped in the driver's seat, shoved the driver over and we chased these people down. We said, he said, we yanked them out of my Jeep and threw them on the ground. Oh, and he my. said, you looked at me and said, stand here and watch them till I get back with the MPs. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> he, said, he said one of the Panamanian buses drove by with a bunch of people on it, and they were pointing at him going like this. Oh, like, man. Geez. You know, and he's like, man, he's going to get me killed while he's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, those, that, that. I, I, to, this, to this day, even as I recollect it with y'all, mm -hmm. I do not remember that story. I don't remember it. I guess it's proof that you've lived a really full life. <laughs> if, if that no doesn't more stick out. <laughs> the the yeah, early you know, days are. To to... I was going to say, the early yeah. days are starting to fall by the wayside yeah. and making room for the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that really interesting. Those stories, the Panama stories, like, you know, the, you're in an elite level group there. And, and just the training that it would take, I'm sure, to get to get to that point. And then you guys are running real missions. And I mean, that part of your life. You know, is it, in retrospect, do you think, man, I'm lucky that I made it through it or man, it, it forged so much of who I am today that because, you know, just watching like the CBS show, it's like, man, you, you here you are back in Panama. And I'm thinking that there's got to be things going back through your mind like, man, I know how to do this. I've lived through this. These are things that come to my advantage and make me better and stronger and, and all types of walks of life here. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing for me, like like I said earlier, when those things are happening, like when we were in, in, you know, during the invasion, we weren't thinking about um, how we would think about this in the future. Mm 
we were just trying to do our job, stay alive, take care of our buddies, do our, com- complete the mission, task conditions and standard mission, keep people alive, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I will say that during the invasion, towards the end of it, um, when everyone was kind of going home, there's a great story in the book about how everyone in, at home in the United States, including my wife, thought that the uh, invasion was over. And I went out and did another mission uh, with a governmental agency. And that's all in the book. I'm not going to tell much more than that. It's a great story. Yep. Um, but, you know, when those things were happening, they were happening. And now, uh, reflecting back, I think it's only as we get older. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, uh, my oldest son is a little more uh, observant of his current situation. I think that is derives from having been around me so mm-hmm. much and seen so much go on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as we get older, we become more sensitive to the uh, to the fact that we get to do or have gotten to do the things that we experienced. Yeah. Um, but I, I, even now. Uh, you know, the book, I, I didn't, I, y'all, this is true. I didn't even think about this book. When we were writing a book, I thought, yeah, I'm writing a book. Not a big deal. The day that they handed me this, the <laughs> they call it the ARC. It's the advanced reader's copy. And just for the record, I got 50 emails. I had to Google ARC to find out what it was. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Everyone kept saying, hey, the ARC is coming. Like, cool. Oh, cool. Of course it is. I had to look it up. It's the advanced reader's copy. <laughs> <laughs> I read about it in so a book. I, uh, but when that when that when Jerry, my tour manager, delivered this to me and he handed it to me, I went, "Holy cow! It's real. It's real." Uh, you know, and for a second there, I went, "Man, you know." Most of the time, though, these things are done when you're either finished or dead. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, I got a long way oh. to go. Yeah, you could have book two. <laughs> but that's the way God works. You know, uh, every time I think that I'm ready to maybe and i don't want to say stop because i'll never stop Mm -hmm. i'll always have some endeavor in my life that requires my attention i'm I'm a firm believer believer that a body and mind in motion is a body and mind in motion a body and mind at rest will stay at rest Mm -hmm. Uh, so you got to stay active Uh, i might not be doing 60 to 70 shows a year uh for the rest of my life but i will always sing i might not continue to try to act in shows as much, but I'm always going to do it some. I always want to do something like that. Uh, There is one thing that I will always do as much as I do now, and I hope to try to do that more, and that's hunting, fishing. Yeah. Uh, I love the outdoors. So, And for me, it's a very spiritual time. It's where I do most of my praying, most of my meditating, and all of those Mm -hmm. things. Uh, And as you guys know, when you share a camp, uh, you share experiences that you're not going to share at work or any other environment. That's why we in the outdoor industry have uh, people that we work with in industry. We, we hang out with them in a camp because we get to know a lot about that person and not, not their business and what it is they're trying to accomplish professionally. We yeah. learn more about what it is they, they attempt to accomplish personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that has a greater impact on everything that we do. Hundred percent. You know, one of the I don't things, know if I answered your question. I'm pretty ADD. So <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I had always admired about you, somebody here at work asked, like, "Hey, is he? You know, is he? What's he like in person?" And I said, "You know, every time we've ever been around him, or anybody that you ever talk to in the industry, has always the same thing says said about you. It's genuine, kind, 
authentic. Like those are things, those are qualities that I'm sure, you know, make you, your family the most proud because, you know, you're out there as a, a figurehead for what we do and love and, and such a great representative of it, you know, in a positive way. And you, I know, you know, behind the scenes, how much you, you've done in the past with NRA, Hunter's Nation, like all those things where you're helping to, to make sure that we have this thing we love so much and it continues on because it is so good for the soul. And there's just a lot of people that just really don't know much about it. And so the kind of a preconceived notion, mm -hmm. but here you, you're, you know, the fame that you've earned through your life, you've used in such positive ways, not only for hunting, but you know, for, for so many things, whether USO or, uh, field, uh, folds of honor, all these things. So I just admire that fact that you always use what you've been given or earned in a positive way to give back. Well, uh, thank you. Cause that is my goal. Uh, in everything that I do, uh, I used to joke and say, you know, what you see is what you get because I have such a bad memory that I, I'm, I'm scared to make too much up because, you know, I might not remember and then get caught at something. Um, <laughs> not sophisticated but, but enough ultimate, to lie. <laughs> Yeah. You know, ultimately at the end uh, of whatever it is we're doing, whatever profession we're in, uh, someday those things are going to be gone. And what's left, what you're left with is, is what the people should know about you and care about you. Uh, you know, someday I'm not going to be a singer. And when I'm not a singer, I feel confident that Mark and Terry and you guys, we'll still hunt together. Mm -hmm. We're still going to be friends. We're, we, we're not friends because I can do something for you or because I'm a singer. We're friends because we are, we share a lot of common morals and values. Uh, and, and I, I, I try to do that same thing with everyone. And, and a great saying, uh, a, a dear friend of mine, songwriter, producer, we've written a ton of hits together, Phil O'Donnell. We call him Phil Billy. Phil <laughs> Billy said a long time ago. Uh, and he wasn't talking to me, but I heard it. And I, I'll never forget this. He said, you got to remember, the toes that you step on on the way up in your career are connected to the ass that you got to kiss on the way back down. <laughs> Pretty solid. <That's> true. <laughs> Pretty solid advice. And I just, you know, everybody used to say, oh, you're going, why are you going and kissing country radio's ass? I'm, I'm not kissing anybody's ass. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that they're being a part of my career and allowing me to be a part of their lives because, you know, it's a big, huge team. We're mm -hmm. all, all in this together. Just like the outdoor industry, if you take a product developer and a manufacturer and a guy selling it uh, to the guy using it, it's all a big team. It takes everybody to make everything work. And it's in everything in life. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to be a, I always want to be an integral part of every team that I'm in. Uh, when I'm no longer relevant or have uh, a positive impact in that uh, in that area, then I'll, I'll move on to something else with with, you know, humility and gratefulness. So the show that Craig is on is Beyond the Edge on CBS, and it, it just wrapped. And uh, one of the things I really appreciate is the teamwork. Like, it's so positive, and there are family values integrated within it. And I there are some other reality shows on TV that just kind of uh, make you feel skeevy with all the backstabbing and yeah. conniving and alliances that are formed. It's a, just, It was just a really refreshing show and i think it i think it matches with your your persona and the integrity that you have so i promise this is not going to be like a a whole interview of just get, lauding you and giving you praise but it was just it was really <laughs> it was refreshing to uh, see the, the teamwork aspect like you and ray lewis really seem to be kindred spirits and you think okay these are two guys that probably couldn't have come from 
and, you know, different, more mm -hmm. different backgrounds than what they have come from. Yeah. But <clears throat> the things that you bonded over are the commonalities that you had. And then it showed up in the teamwork, you know, ultimately that you guys put forth on, on, in the efforts you put forth. I just, you know, it was, it was fun to watch and, and, uh, it, it's something special that I think, you know, realistically, a lot of people could, could learn something from. Yeah. Well, it, I, I can tell you, it was fun for us. Uh, be, because of everything that you said. That's the only reason I did this show. Uh, when it was pitched, they talked about how it wasn't a show where we're voting each other off. Uh, the objective was to inspire each other to stay, and it's all to raise money for charity. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, I think in a long time, there's a show about people doing something for people other than themselves. Uh, and we should be all be thinking about that, you know, more often. Uh, not to sound super cheesy enough, you know, man, love, you know, be kind. It's a whole lot easier and we can accomplish a lot more. I think if we're, if you're thinking that way and that's what this show was all about. And I, and I did fall in love with those people and still, and I think they will be, I know there's no thinking. They will all be friends for a long time. Ray's never been hunting. I'm taking him uh, hunting this year. Awesome. I'm super <laughs> excited to get him out in the woods and, and experience that because the guy is more to of everything in the woods, snakes, <laughs> spiders, monkeys, and everything. So, think of the amount of energy that is going to come out of Ray if he actually connects with a, Jeez. you know, the whitetail or whatever it is you guys are going to be hunting. I mean, uh, that, that emotion that we all know so well. He, here's a guy that just eludes emotion, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Th th there was a point there where in that last episode, I won't give give too much away or sp spoiler alert, but yeah, so when. Ray hits his head there, and I think the the spirit of the competition, what you just said, where Colton stops to help him out in lieu of running past him. That's the whole spirit of what you guys, I think, were trying to accomplish there, and you did. A hundred percent. You know, and Colton, he did check on him, and Ray said, go ahead, and he could have went ahead. Yeah. But he, but he opted not to. And, I, I mean, that right there, as you said, that speaks to what this what this show was all about. Uh, it was really about God, family, country, others, yeah. you know, yeah. loving and caring and being kind and, you know, compassion, uh, which is like you said, it's unusual, yeah. uh, in today's television and especially in, uh, you know, on a, on a show like that. Uh, so I was really honored and grateful to be a part of that. As you alluded to earlier, that's a big part of my life. I trained survival stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it, it really worked out well, um, uh, and, and it was fun for me. I, you know, I, I literally, there were a few times when they would, we were doing interviews and, and they would come over and say, it's time for your interview. And these interviews would last uh, an hour and a half. I yeah. mean, it would take Jeez. some time. And they'd be like, uh, so are you tired? And I like out of guilt because I knew everyone else was so beat up and worn out <laughs> and hungry. And I'll eat one meal a day anyway, for the most part. So I wasn't really that bad. And nobody knows this, but just prior to that, I was training for an Ironman, so I was in great shape. Oh, <laughs> I was feeling wonderful. And they would say, you know, how you feel? Or, you know, everybody's tired and hungry. But like, yeah, you know, everybody's tired and hungry. And, you know, I'm, I'm tired and, you know, I, I'm hungry too. But, you know, we'll get through this. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it's a walk in the park for me. So, so Craig, I, was, I was feeling great. Did you do an Ironman? No, not yet. I'm not doing it until, uh, I think October, or November, I'm doing, uh, the Louisville. Here's why I'm doing the one where the entire swim is downstream. And yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, now listen, October, November, you got to watch yourself there. That's, you know, what time of year that is for us hunters. <laughs> oh, I know everybody's talking about, it. I got a show coming up in Iowa in November. My buddy, uh, takes me, 
uh, outfit about it. Then he's like, who does a concert in November? Sounds like Mark. <laughs> Were you You're talking right. to Mark yeah. Drury? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I just completed my first ultra l- l- last weekend. And I'm curious, like, how do you get time for your training? And, and because the other, one of the questions I had further down the road was, how? Because you're always in good shape. How do you stay in shape? Obviously, you, you've got some big things on the horizon, training wise. Yeah, I just ex- run a lot, run, bike, mm-hmm. every chance that I get. It, I'm fortunate being uh, doing what I do um, with the with the bus. I'm able to jump off the bus in the mornings. Normally, I get up and run, you know, minimum of four miles before everybody here even wakes up. There you go. Um, and when I'm home, I bike a lot, uh, run. I just run. That's the big thing. I, I got to get back to my, my training schedule for the swimming. I will start focusing on that in August mm-hmm. um, because that's not a skill set that, uh, that I have that I'm, I'm really good at. Sure. Uh, and I don't want to do it too much too early because I will get burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that I don't need to do it too much. Uh, and so I'm not really hitting it hard. My real training will start about august i'll start hitting it real hard so by the time i get there in october november i will i will be running 20 plus miles uh at least once a week and biking at least 60 to 100 miles there you go just uh, get you a really get you a really buoyant uh tri suit and you just float down the river (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what i would so my daughter my daughter just finished her first full ironman she'd done a half ironman and her husband my son-in-law uh, he qualified for Kona. So they'll oh, be going geez. to Hawaii this year so he can perform in Kona. So cool. I'd like to know yeah. when you make time to get to Alaska, because this is one thing that Terry's always talked about, because, you know, we've, we've done a couple of cruises out there. It's definitely nothing like what you have going on. We end where you began in Anchorage. And uh, so I, I just want to know when you get up there, because it's very remote, no electricity, and that's probably a kind of a, a safe haven for you, isn't it? It is my safe haven. And uh, so I generally take off after December and I try not to go back to work until mid-March. So we spend the majority of our winter in Alaska and everybody thinks that's what you go to Alaska during the summer. I I do go up in the summer. I'll be there in June. I'll be there in July. I'll be there in August uh, as our business launches uh, in July. Mm -hmm. So we have groups that'll be coming through. I'll be there for a a portion of each group's uh, uh, trip to spend some time with them. Uh, and my son will be doing the majority of the training, but I'll help with some of that. But we go up as a family ourselves. Uh, my wife and I in particular, we go up and stay after Christmas mm-hmm. and we will be there through March. Um, it's just so much fun. It's easy to get around. Um, and, and, and just, I, I'm, a, I'm big into the, the snow machining, the mm-hmm. ice fishing. Uh, and we just love it. Uh, so, so I'm there quite a bit throughout the year. Are you sure it's easy to get around that time of year or is it just easy for you? <laughs> well, it depends on where we're at. It's a little easier because of the snow. You can hop on a snow machine and you know how to ride even on, a, on fresh snow that, you know, like uh, last year, year before we've had 18 feet of snow, God. you know. Uh, so once you get the trail beat in, though, it's, you know, you can just you can just about walk the trail. In fact, you can on snowshoes. You can walk it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we spend the majority of the early days getting the, the trail beat in. And then every time it snows, we go out and get on the machine and beat the trail down again. And uh, and just just live, man. You just spend time with each other. And, and when our friends come out or when groups come out during that time of year, there's a lot of conversations about, you know, what it takes to be there. And that's really what this new business is all about, the uh, off-grid experience. It's all about what it takes to – um, 
to live in an off-grid environment or thrive, really mm -hmm. thrive in an off-grid environment. Uh, we have a bunch of neighbors up there that live there full-time, year-round, and they don't have you know electricity coming from the city. No, they have generators, they have solar, they have windmill, they have lots of various uh, energy sources. Um, but what's fascinating is what it takes to integrate those systems in that environment mm. and what it takes to maintain it. Um, it's to me, it's just fascinating. And I know that a lot of other people are fascinated by that. So the people that come out there, they not only learn and experience that, what it takes to build a cabin out there and all of those things, but they also learn some basic survival skills, fire building, shelter building, food gathering, all of these kind of things that take place in the survival arena. Grub eating. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> choo, choo, choo. You know, so the closest I'll probably ever get is that Alaskan cruise going through there. <laughs> yeah. And when, we, from the when buffet. we're, when we're cru cruising through those little areas, we see these houses, you know, off in the shore. And I, we always think to ourselves like, Good luck with who that. the hell is living out here? It's Craig. Craig. <laughs> I should have known. Uh, you guys, you'll have to come out sometime. Uh, I do tell Tell people generally though if you've never been outdoors like i would tell paulina uh jody um uh, ebony uh i would tell them don't plan on spending over the five days because it's such a harsh environment and it there really is a bit of a shock you know si simple things like the first time my sister came out she was using paper towels like they were like like I had you know like they were made you know by the millions right here at the house, and I'm like oh, no no when you wipe up if you're wiping up water, dry that paper towel and use it again later. Yeah. Sound yeah. like my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, hopefully people are get like I think outdoorsmen are the best conservationists because we realize like I, when when the kids were having dinner and we had venison that was a deer I shot. It's like you're not scraping the rest of that into the garbage. That was a that was an animal eat that it. had to die. Yeah, you're gonna or I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna sit here and be uncomfortable and eat it. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? That's a great to to your point there. Uh, we are. I do believe that outdoorsmen are the greatest conservationists, and not just with wildlife, with all resources. When you go on a, a mountain hunt, you realize that you need to be real careful with everything that you have and utilize every one of those resources to the fullest extent uh, mm -hmm. that they can be used. Uh, so, yeah, I love that. And, and, you know, in that environment in Alaska, you really learn that. You know, simple things like I said, paper towels, toilet paper. <laughs> you know, be be sensitive. <laughs> we use that toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. You go dry it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't do that. But, you know, like uh, 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 trash. You yeah. know, we may be uh, uh, off grid. Alaskans may be some of the most resourceful people in the world. In the world, they mm. they just don't utilize, don't uh, throw anything away that they could potentially use. And anything that is trash, it's not just left out there. It's scooped up and taken into a place for proper disposal, so that you're taking care of the environment. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to beat that down, but uh, I just I'm I'm still after having done it for. 25 30 years i'm still super fascinated by it it's kind of like that the you know the greatest generation the the great depression kind of period it's like yeah. they've you think about you know your grandparents and and how little waste there is it's because they had to live through a period at one point where they didn't have anything and so they learned to stretch every little thing out to its max and i i assume that's somewhat is what it's like living off grid you know it's it's you got to use everything to the max Hundred percent. Have you guys ever canned food? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. in jars, mason jars, like your grandparents did. Yep. I freaking love that. <laughs> it's awesome. And I, you know what? And in Alaska, 
I don't have to worry about a refrigerator or even at home. My wife and I, we can our vegetables in our garden. I can the meat that I harvest, you guys. You know what? <laughs> I don't have to worry about a refrigerator. Yeah. And I'll have meat 10 years later. And everybody's like, oh, the shelf life is only like six years. Like, Bull crap. I pulled down elk burger that's 10 years old and smell it like smells great. Put it in some stew. Nobody's sick. It works. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, a tough the, lesson to learn. The, there was there was a uh, a riverboat that went down in in the Missouri River out near the Kansas City area that was like it went down in the 1800s and it was unearthed here in the probably 20 30 years ago and it had canned vegetables and like things of na- like things were canned and they were still good. This thing had been under river mud for years and years and years. They unearthed it. The river I can't remember the name of it. The riverboat. There's a huge museum over there dedicated to it. But canning is like a space age technology that we've had for hundreds of years and probably a little yeah. bit of a dying art <clears throat> you know i know plenty of people in the country obviously can't you know still can vegetables and you know things that they're pulling out of the garden and i know you're, you can your meat from deer you kill and all that mm-hmm. stuff but in general you would think that's kind of a dying art yeah it, it's kind it of is. coming back into vogue a little bit like especially with with what craig is doing because it's like it's reminding people you can be self-sufficient when there's a power outage you don't have to worry about some of this stuff. yeah yeah yeah, one of the things I love is all these hippies that used to make fun of me as <laughs> I was hunting and doing all the things I'm doing. Now these people are, are my friends because they're like, you do what? <laughs> oh, man, I love that. I didn't know that, you know, and now they're they're all doing the stuff that we've been doing as a, as an outdoor society for really thousands of years. Yeah, we're, you know. Uh, it, it is. It's very fascinating. You know, it's crazy. I heard the Bellamy Brothers old hippie uh, song uh, just a couple of days ago. <laughs> took me back. But I, I, as I listened, the old hippie was 30 years old. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm way past that. When I was a kid hearing that song, I was like, oh, yeah, he's an old guy, 30 years old. But you're, yeah. you're, you're gaining. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an old hippie plus, yeah. I guess. Catch you so. <laughs> yes. Uh, Craig, I got, I got a deep cut question for you. So I remember when your good old boy video came out and I saw Angie Harmon in the video. Yeah. Like how did yeah. she was on law and order? Like how did you guys make that happen? So we had a mutual friend. Uh, it was literally that simple. And she was with that person. And then she said, you know, uh, the one thing that I always wanted to do is I wanted to be in a country music video. <laughs> and he said, have you heard of Craig Morgan? And she said, yeah. And she, he said, I'm going to be working on a video that he's doing. And I know that he would love to have you in it. He no called way. me, they called me and we talked and she came out, was in the video. And from that point forward, we became dear friends. Uh, and I went out and did a, uh, uh, some episodes of Rizzoli and Isles with her. She had me on the show out there, uh, just a beautiful soul. And we, I, I just fell in love with her as a person uh, and her kids and just, just a wonderful person. So, and we still to this day, stay in touch. That's cool. Uh, and, and try to see each other when we can. So that, and I did kiss her. I did kiss her in the video. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what he wanted to know. <laughs> so, so the acting side of things, you know, you've done a bunch of things in your life. The acting side, is that kind of fish out of water or do you embrace it? Like you embrace everything and jump feet first and, uh, you know, and, and, and see what you can figure out. Dude, I love it. I, I found it. I found it. Uh, I found that it was something that I did. Okay. I don't want to say I did great or well, but I did it. I did well enough that I've been asked to do a bunch of more stuff. Mm. 
but I find it interesting. I find it fun. Uh, you know, you get to go in there and pretend you're somebody else. And I, I tell people, I've been acting like a singer for like 20 years. <laughs> Successfully, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. I mean, I'm really a soldier. You know, I'm an outdoorsman. I've been, I've been acting like a singer for years. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, we've got a question from our, from our buddy for the question of the day. It's from Chaz Hollingstank. All right. So the question of the day is probably brought to you by Leopold Optics, wildly rugged and American to the core. Hi, my question is for Craig. I've got two questions. First question is, with everyone that he has gotten to perform with over the years, is there anyone that is his favorite? And second question is, is there anybody in the future that he hasn't got to perform with on stage that he would like to. Thanks. Those are tough ones. He's calling you out. Not really. Uh, for me, it's easy. Uh, I, I got the, had the privilege of performing not once, but on numerous occasions with John Conley. Uh, uh, as a, as a young guy growing up, uh, I always loved John Conley's music. I loved school. his songs. Uh, he was the guy that, uh, his music kind of, uh, help motivate me to want to be a, a singer and a songwriter. Um, so, so having been able to perform with him was a highlight, you know, and I've had the privilege of being with, with Jim Ed Brown, Brad Paisley, a bunch of my buddies that, you know, we've done different things together. Uh, but John, I would have to say was one of my favorites because as a kid growing up, I loved his music and I just, you know, never knew him, but just knew that I loved his music. So that would probably be my favorite. Um, uh, someone that I'm hoping to do something with. I just wrote a song that I just recorded and I'm uh, doing my best to get it to Kelly Clarkson. I'm hoping that oh. I just think she's one of the greatest female vocalists, maybe one of the most underrated vocalists out there. And she is highly rated, but I still don't think that she gets the credit that she deserves mm -hmm. for being the singer that she is. I would put her in the Celine Dion, Whitney Houston uh, category. I mean, wow. she's that great a singer. So I got a song that I wrote that I'm hoping that uh, to get Kelly to perform with me. That's awesome. That's some high praise. I did say Kelly Clarkson, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we can pull any strings I'm going to say Kelly Clarkson one more again in case one of her friends is watching this <laughs> podcast. Boy, <laughs> boy, I'd be shocked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you might be surprised. You, you might, might be. You might be surprised. You might be. I know she's a, te she's a Texas girl, right? She's a Texan originally. I, I think she is, but, you know, she's got a ranch. She's a she's an outdoorsy type. She's yeah. a sweetheart. Well, yeah. John Conley. I've been fortunate to be on her show a couple times, and I just love her to death. That's yeah. cool. That's awesome. John Conley is a hunter, isn't he? He is, yeah. Every year, uh, John has joined us as long as I can remember. It's been a year or two that he missed uh, here and there over the past 15 years or so, um, or 14 years. Um, but he uh, – uh, he does that hunt with us every year. We do a Grand Ole Opry hunt where a bunch of Opry members get together and, and, and hunt together. And it's, it's one of the highlights of my year. I look forward to that, that time, that hunt with those guys, probably as much or more than any. That's, that's pretty special. I'm sure there's a lot of good stories being told too. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot of which we can't repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of I put John Conley in the same category as like a Paul Overstreet in terms of like kind of bringing the family values and the working guy ethic to the music. And yeah, some, for some reason, those guys seem connected in my mind. Craig, what you don't know is that 
we have a an aspiring artist here and so <laughs> we kind we had dustin lynch on the uh, podcast he came into st louis so we had him come into the studio and we did a podcast and we made tim sing well we didn't really but we kind of made tim sing and we thought dustin was going to sing with him and dustin just sat there and stared at him like right next yeah, to we're him. gonna do john anderson seminole <laughs> wind it was the only song that i had memorized seminole wind and dustin sat here and watched it was the highlight of my life oh, as my soul left my body craig i could not have been more mortified. I've been playing guitar oh, for two awesome. years. <laughs> it was it, funny. It's really difficult, huh? <laughs> yes. yes. Understatement. Yeah. Anyhow, PTSD totally. Well, we we appreciate you you jumping on with us. We got a few other little things that we got going on. If you want to stay, you can. If you got to get going, we understand that too. Um, but more than anything, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Oh. Well, I'm, I gotta, I gotta walk my little. I got me a new black lab, my new duck dog, uh, Luna, and I gotta take her out walking and go in on the stage and get a sound check with my guys yep. before the show tonight. I can't thank y'all enough for having me though. It's uh, good to see y'all. Same here. Uh, you too, Craig. Tell that old jury bunch. I said hello and I love them uh, and appreciate all that y'all do. We right, we well will done. and we appreciate you and and thanks for for your service and and everything you've done for for hunting and for the downtrodden. I mean, you're you're a great representative for a lot of folks out there. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys. Godspeed. Right, take care. Have a good one. See ya. All the way. <clears throat> How about it, Craig Morgan? It's so cool. It, it's really nice to for someone's. Uh, personality, like their celebrity personality, to match up with their actual personality. That's not always the case. And listen, I mean, this is he, he. You know, he's doing an interview here, so you never know. But we've met him and been around him enough times where this is is that's his personality. And no matter what, where you catch him, mm -hmm. grocery yeah. store or whatever. I mean, he's as genuine as it gets. So he's one of the good ones. Yeah, you and I, however, are not this way. No, <clears throat> no, nobody's ever. <laughs> Nobody's ever said any of those kind of things about us. We don't want people to make eye contact with us. Head down. We walk you away. You refer to me as Mr. Chelsvik. You are Mr. Drury. Yeah. You knock before you enter. All those things. All right. We're terrible. We got business to take care of here. Yeah. Tim. I thought you were going to give me one of your patented. Listen. Listen. <laughs> okay. Listen, listen up. Okay, what am I so, listening for? Well, we got some hillbillies that went down to the capital of uh, the state of Missouri. That's here. right. So our real wild clip of the week this this week, powered by DeerCast, we didn't really talk about it much. We kind of glanced over it a few episodes ago, but we had um, we were lucky enough to have a resolution for Drury Outdoors and Mark and Terry specifically in the state of Missouri at the Missouri State Capitol in Jefferson City, uh, just kind of thanking them for 30 plus years of highlighting the state's natural resources and their mm -hmm. conservation efforts. And it was a very, very cool event. And our good buddy, uh, Representative Ron Hicks, took us on a private tour. It was Terry and I, it was during the turkey season. So Mark and Taylor were there at turkey camp and, and uh, couldn't come down. But Terry and I went and we got a private tour of the cap i mean we went all the way up i mean in the back steps all the way up to the top the highest point that you can get to mm -hmm. uh legally apparently did and you spit off the top i didn't but Good. but on the way up there's this thing called i believe they call it the listening room mm -hmm. and uh <clears throat> so terry it was turkey season so he <laughs> had to do his uh, a patented uh out hoot so here we go real walk please It, 
the great thing is Terry's in a suit and tie. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I'm filming here, so I do a pan up to the, the listening room. And it, it was so cool. And, and the cool part about it, and they were tell, the reason why we, we were doing that, they told us ahead of time that nobody below can hear any. You could scream. Mm-hmm. It all it does is it goes around and around in that listening room. And so Ron was at the other end, and he could hear it perfectly. And, and he was talking to us at the other end, and we yeah. could hear him perfectly. Like, you go whisper, thus the name. Creepy. Yeah, and it, it was such a cool experience. But I thought people would get a kick out of that. Terry uh, ter- Terry doing his patented owl hoot. I love when he gets into what I call the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting into it. And thank God people below couldn't hear, because they would be well, they'd thoroughly wonder, confused. It's funny. I saw a video on, I, I'm sure it was like uh, Yee Yee or one of those, you know, Barstool Outdoors or one of those uh, uh, kind of meme type pages. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I saw a video where this girl, she was going through graduation, college graduation, <laughs> and she had a mouth call in her mouth and yes. she was turkey calling. It was pretty Love cool. Love it. Yeah. Bringing the culture to the mainstream. That's right. So I thought that was pretty cool, man. A real wild clip of the week. The old man at the Capitol doing his thing. Bringing the wildness to... Uh to the civilized world. Uh, okay, so this week's wildlife word is brought to you by Cold Steel, professional blades for real hunters. You think Mr. Craig Morgan's ever used uh, one of those? Because Cold Steel, the cool part about it, you go to their website, and they got like survival knives and those spears. Yeah, and they got it all. I'm throwing sure. Throwing stars. And the things that guys like Craig can use. Guys like us are just like, oh, <laughs> hang this in my room, I guess. If I was 12, I would be all over yeah, that. I'd cut at least one finger off. <laughs> I, I've Johnny Depp's intentionally not opened that website around my kids because they would be. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they literally have th- uh, Chinese throwing stars. Yes. Yeah. Which, as a kid, I thought. That was like having a sniper rifle. Oh, you yeah. You kill someone from 50 yards. Think of the accuracy. Chinese. <laughs> the star. silence accuracy. <laughs> I had a friend growing up that had some in his room. Like he was in karate and stuff. Yeah. They never, like the ones that he had at least, they didn't add up to what they portrayed. In the Rounded rooms. edges. <laughs> These ones had like, they had points on them. But they, everybody had that one friend that was into some weird crap. Katanas. <laughs> yeah, like, this guy is into some freaky stuff, and yep. his mom and dad don't give a shit. Somehow there was a correlation between that and dating girls. Yeah, well, it did not happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and weird. and the other correlation is that you're friends with them. Hey, <laughs> it could be me. It could be you. But you have that friend. A lot of things are nobody's making a lot dating of sense girls right now. <laughs> How did anybody ever get a girl? It's still if it's I still a mystery unlock to that me. mystery. Th- 30 years ago. Yeah, he'd be living in giving a out, world. He'd like taking money for classes. <laughs> Want to do a, a seminar here yeah. on how to talk to women. Think about it. You could be a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, if you knew how to talk to girls, you could be a YouTuber and have a whole platform around it. Now. I just think in general, most people don't know how to do life. We just kind of figure out. <laughs> Other than Craig Morgan here. Well, Craig has yeah, done it pretty well. Yeah. Okay, so this summertime specialty is as delicious as it is healthy for you because it contains high amounts of protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin A, and potassium. Hmm. It is A, squirrel eyes, Hmm. B, squirrel brains, C, crow beaks, or D, frog legs. I think I'm going to throw up. Thanks, Aunt Barb. (laughs) Um, I would either say squirrel brains or frog legs. Um, Okay. And, you know, I've heard that squirrel brains, like, had, like, they've, there's been some links to that. Is it 
Parkinson's or no? It's uh, there's it's, some uh, kind of pre-Gerrit's right disease. Yeah. yeah, some kind of neurological yeah disease that, and, th- that they're in- indicating not to eat squirrel brains anymore. Yeah, Mark and, and Terry ha- had a, have an or had an uncle who um, that's like all they ate. You know, growing up when they were started, you know, hunting, it was squirrels and rabbits and and small, small game. game. Mm-hmm. You know, there really wasn't an abundance of deer or turkey or any of those things. And Dad talks about he's like, man, like the squirrel brain, like that was the special part. Like, you know, the the elders would get that part of it. You, you know, and I I can't fathom it now. So I ruined your wow. life word. No, it's 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 good. I digress. Small game was my nickname in college. So the <laughs> back to not talking to girls. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is frog legs. D. Uh, for, so you did you ever come up with an answer? Or did you no. just kind of hover around it? <laughs> just like school. It's like I was given a dis- dissertation. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna talk around the answer. That's Maybe right. somewhere in there I'll say a key word. It's, I think of Billy Madison at the, at the end. That guy's like, Every, we are all now dumber. Stupid. Yeah, dumber for, for having heard. Having what you heard. Said. Sorry, guys. That's great. Yeah, frog legs. Is there anything better than gigging in the summertime in a pond? It's awesome. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's kind of nasty work, and there's some creepy crawlies out there. Yeah, but some big bullfrog legs. It really is. Like in my book, it's better than chicken. We went. I vividly remember, like back in the day when I was in like high school, grade school, high school. I was working for Dad's construction company, and every summer, you know, it's a small crew, and these guys would we'd get together one day, take off early. You know, it was like one special day in the summer, and we mm-hmm. take off early. We'd go to the local, you know, whether it was Goose Creek or or later in, in life, my uncle Marvin had a, a big private lake that we would go to, and we boat all day. You know, of course, the, those guys were drinking, barbecuing, having a good time, and. Leading up to that, we would go gigging Heck to get yeah. all the frog legs or yes. whatever. And this one guy, he still, he, he was uh, the football coach and wrestling coach, Coach Werner. And he he's an animal. And still, this, he's retired from teaching, and now he works for Dad's construction mm-hmm. company full-time. He always worked every summer. This guy, he had a pair of gigging like tennis shoes and basically these things were duct tape you know it was like blown out and just duct taped together and he would take a gig and he'd walk into the middle of a damn you know like a a cow pond Uh you know a cattle pond or whatever and Me finally okay he would uh he'd walk into the middle of this pond and just sniper boom 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 i mean just an animal i thought this must be this is embarrassing because now i think like we had craig morgan on who's a you know real army ranger guy tough guy but i think this must be what a sniper's like <laughs> like he's in the middle like neck deep <laughs> in this pond like waiting amphibians. yeah yeah there's a there's a real art to running a gig. <clears throat> yeah, I it didn't ever really, really pick up on it. Yeah. it, it <laughs> it's shockingly, it's a, it's a ton of fun and uh, and frog legs and and it's always best to not have your wife around when you're cooking them because they do kick in the frying pan because hmm. because amphibian muscle tissue is different. It doesn't it rigor mortis doesn't work the same way in in amphibians. So they those muscle fibers are still active and still yes still still seizuring in the pan or if you pour salt on them they start to fire off the amount of things the amount of things that you know never ceases mm. to amaze me a lot of 
useless, relatively <laughs> useless information but hey, up there. It's stuff. Every now and again, something pops up. <laughs> Good for wildlife words. Redeeming value. Like you knew John Connolly. I, I'm sorry to say, I had no idea. And then that other name you brought up, just forget about it. <laughs> I was so, lost. So you, you should look up John Connolly. I, I'm I gonna. Think, I wrote like, the name down. You hear his voice, and you will like. It'll take you back to the '80s. It was pretty. A pretty like kind John of, Prine. Those kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of like, like he kind of set the tone for the '80s. So. But but I don't think he ever, ever really got his due. He was never a mega star, just consistent. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but not like Cameron Dowd. Ooh, he's a he's a frequent uh, contributor. Yeah, Cameron, uh, <clears throat> he was responding to the Austin Delano podcast on DeerCast. He said, great podcast. Always good to hear Austin talk about, pl- uh, talk about plots. He knows his game. He does know his game. He do know it. All right. All right. Listen. On to the Rack Pack. Newest members of the Rack Pack, private Facebook group for Very people private. like us, mm-hmm. misfits, <laughs> miscreants. <laughs> Sometimes uh, members kill things. Most times we don't. Yeah. <clears throat> so I always read off some names. Tim supplies the names. Tim always puts a fake name in there. And, uh, well, <clears throat> usually I don't realize which one it is. <laughs> guess who's the fakie? All right. We got Joel Bramlett, Aaron McAllister, Seth Hess, Cornby Fash. Corn by Fash. Corn B. <laughs> this is the fake name. I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I don't know. I've seen a pattern. <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern. Corn B. Fash. Corn Beef Hash. Damn it. <laughs> we were talking about Corn Beef Hash in the studio the other day. It was on my brain. <laughs> Tim eats it out of a can. I guess that's the only way to go. That's where you get it. <clears throat> that stuck with me. <laughs> Not in a good way. All right. Marco and Ryan Gant. Oh, Ryan Grant. And... My cousin, Waylon Brace. Waylon. I just this I didn't even see this name. This sound effect I think I'm gonna throw up. Is his mom, Aunt Barb. Barbie baby. She hunts with Mark. She'd always her and Linda would always come up. Uh, Mark and Terry's two of their sisters, Nancy's the other one, would always come up uh every late season for right. uh, you know, five, six years there and hunt uh, with the guys. So it's yeah. it, it's a it's one of the, the unspoken credentials of being part of the rack pack is that your mother gets a sound effect on the soundboard. That's right. Uh, you know, funny story Everyone. about Wayland's one of the best hunters I've ever known. And he, mm-hmm. so we grew up, we're in this, we're the same age, okay. just a couple months older. We were in the same class 48. and, uh, we would take off <clears throat> before school and like during turkey season and go mm-hmm. out and hunt where he's lit, where he built his home today in Bloomsdale. We would go hunt grandpa on the property at the time and we would go back there and hunt together. Cool. And yeah, I mean, I've fond memories with, with, with Wayland, but he's, he's one of the best hunters, uh, I know. And, and, uh, great outdoorsman, fishing, hunting, whatever it is. He's, he's All a killer. In. Yeah. So love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, so thank you again to Craig Morgan for hopping on the show today. That was such a treat to have him. We still have Super Tease guest. Listen, I'm going to keep it a Super Tease because I haven't confirmed it. I texted with him yesterday and uh, busy schedule next week, but I'm supposed to reach back out Monday, Tuesday to see well, if we can get him. He just finished the Top Gun 2 press junket, right? <laughs> well, so. he was at the Ju- Queen's Jubilee. That's right. <laughs> oh, we may have given away too much oh, here. I've said too much. <laughs> and we have a little... Uh, staff grill out to get to yeah here. alan here producer alan needs to get his butt over in the grill and <laughs> get to it so we really do need somebody's to hungry shut this down usually we end this and i go eat immediately so <laughs> yeah we're gonna be kind of 
uh, hangry here. <clears throat> so uh, we need folks to continue to spread the word, not only about the podcast, but about the Rack Pack. So invite your friends, invite folks in. Um, that's the only way that we grow the show. And, you guys. and more importantly, go check out Craig Morgan's new book, uh, God, Family, Country, a memoir. It launches September 27th. Yeah, and you can pre-order, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, if you do, and uh, and once you read it, and if you leave him any kind of reviews, maybe say, hey, listen to you on the Rack Pack, or listen to you on the 100% Wild podcast, and uh, enjoy the book. Yeah, and Kelly Clarkson, um, <laughs> get a hold of us. We'll connect you to Craig Morgan, and we'll get you the song. If you want to come in for a hunt, we could set you up with Mark or Terry or somebody that's got something to kill. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that would be something. Or Angie Harmon, too. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know they're all listening. <laughs> yes. All right. We all better right. shut her down. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. Peace out. The results are in. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.